0: V, welcome to Founder Sessions. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks for having me here. Firstly, V, tell us about your background and tell us what you're doing with RT App.
1: Yeah, sure, of course. So um, my background is finance and investment management. I've actually done my bachelor's uh, here in Newcastle in the Thunbridge Business School. Uh, also, I'm a CFI Qualified Financial Analyst, and I used to work for a couple of years in a private investment firm as a junior portfolio manager. But then eventually I kind of got sick of working with uh, wealthy individuals and because obviously I've been in touch with my friends, other people who have been working because I've been working in McDonald's, I've been cleaning flats, I've been in all sorts of work in my life and I was surprised how little access people do actually have to the financial instruments and how complex it may sound to them, especially like throughout my studies. There's a lot of jargon that's been used in, in the industry. And that's why people kind of think uh, finance is complicated, hard to understand. And that's kind of was the, the turning point for me to think, okay, Lee, you need to create a, a simple solution that people can actually understand and interact with. And that's how TF was born.
0: Let's touch on some of them differences, obviously your background being the private investment, analytics, that sort of thing. Now you're running your own startup, How is it going from, you know, managing those portfolios with rich, high net worth individuals to running a startup, running a team? What are some of the the big differences that you've noticed?
1: Right, so, I mean, it's easy to say what are the not the differences because literally everything else is different. There's no security whatsoever, obviously, especially the fintech is very crowded and heavily competitive space, especially here in the UK. As simply you would compete with traditional banks, high retailers, um, again, new money managers, digital banks, all of them. But yeah, so obviously it's a lot of work as right now we have a small team of nine people. They're developers, designers. And again, uh, my background is private investment management and the financial modeling, not IT. So as you see, it's been a lot of things. It's definitely a learning curve. So we made a lot of mistakes that next time we're definitely not going to do. And are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying this oh, 100%. start of life? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's extremely difficult, but I wouldn't do anything else, if I'm being honest.
0: Because I I think I ask this question on every podcast, I ask the founders, like, are you you enjoying it? Like, are you really enjoying (laughs) it? The answer is always yes, but then it's followed by a but. There's this, it's long hours, it's this, it's this, but, 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 you know, we're we're a bit weird, aren't we, as founders? We just, we like that, that punishment.
1: yeah it's just the rules of the game either you accept it or you do something else simple as
0: so tell me about rt app
1: rt app is an engaging money manager first of all so obviously as you probably know there are hundreds if not thousands of different money managers budget planners bills organizers I mean you name them they all kind of do this similar thing but can have their own focus and the problem with all of them is it's a lack of engagement i don't know if you kind of have experienced that uh in my student years i used to uh, have a Spendly app which is actually still exists um, they, i think they've been bound in 2014 or something a brilliant app but then i stopped using it for like maybe two years or so and again i i pretty good with money and i've been doing it for like well all my life as i can remember but then i stopped and then i started talking to my friends and say whether they actually use any budget planners and all the budget planners do, they just kind of present you the information, and then what do you do with it? I mean, yeah, thanks, thank you very much. I have it in one place, but what's then? And also, after three months or six months, you're just getting demotivated from what you see there. Most frequently, say, Oh, I'm going out way too much, and we're gonna do with it. I mean, yeah, it's bad, but I don't want to know about it, so I'm just gonna um, get out of it. So that's how RTF is different. So we've actually uh create our own cryptocurrency to reward good spending behavior of our users so basically what it does is we have a small mini game inside rt app and it's called farming where you can actually farm our own listed cryptocurrency called coin. so you can actually buy it sell it and it actually acts as a reward incentive for you to keep going with it so the way it works is we try to educate people through gaming. And we try to run a parallel between the avatar in our app. That's like your avatar, who actually makes you money. And you have six working hours out of the day when it actually farms you cryptocurrency. And same like in the real life, you have to buy assets that generate you more uh, revenue. For example, at the beginning, you start at 0.005 RT coin an hour. You buy better clothing, move up the new planets. You start getting like 0.7, 0.10 and on and on and on and that's kind of where the game is at so it's kind of entertaining there's also a leaderboard so you can compete with your friends obviously uh, we're still in a very early stage so there's a lot of things we're going to add and improve on obviously uh, but more to that it's actual app that actually goes with the money management where you can create the budget and a lot of people simply do not know how to budget properly or what it is and for these people we've actually designed auto budgeting feature so you simply click on a button you'll have a three choices and it's using the best principles, how you should allocate your money. So you simply click on it. It actually divides all your budget in a certain categories and you'll see whether actually your figures matching up with the best industry standards. If not, that's fine, but at least you're aware. And again, we also have an uh, open banking license. So we FCA registered. So you can securely connect your as many bank accounts as you would like for your convenience and simplicity because we have the same bank level security as your traditional bank as required by the uh, legislation and regulators
0: the the different element i'm picking up here with yours is sort of that crypto element that that gaming element obviously you got your your personal finance you know your your wages that comes up bills coming out et cetera et cetera Mm -hmm. but how can crypto play a part
1: in that personal finance i think the most important bit about cryptocurrency is the adoptance rate uh don't quote me on exact numbers but i think right now as of like 2020 the adoptance rate of a crypto is around 33 to 36% already. So as you can see, like pretty much every third person here in the UK already uh, adopted crypto in some sort of shape or form, whether it's own personal investment, whether it actually it's a payment methods, because obviously every cryptocurrency serves this different purpose, but the whole and the most important bit is you have a full control of the money and especially all the new era is changing. So for example, uh, with money managers before it used to be, you need to put manual entries yourself. Like maybe it's quick and quicker than in your spreadsheet, but still it's a manual work. And with open banking um, innovation, and it's kind of would be the early adopters of that innovation as well, as it's actually automates everything for you, summarizes it, analyze it, and gives back control uh, to the user over their money. So they actually know how they spend this money. So all this control is being taken back from the banks, traditional banks, back to the user and the cryptocurrency kind of goes a step further because no one can actually stop stop you from making a transactions to uh to your friend or to someone in africa and i'm not even saying that it's cost efficient it's time efficient and all your assets are truly yours example with the bank and personally i've been uh, well suffered from it because i'm actually from belarus as you probably know with the recent views and everything, it's a bad brand for me now. Obviously, I don't have anything to it. But as soon as a bank hears I'm a Belarusian, they simply not allow me to send money back to my family, Mm. like simply because of that, because it's intermediate has the power. But with the cryptocurrency, there's no intermediary. I can send as much as I want to whom I want. And the best part, no one actually will even know I send this money. So I think that's kind of the best part. And also, Uh, From the investment perspective, you can make quite a bit of money in terms of actual assets, digital assets, all the metaverse, NFTs, and actually NFTs come into our T-app, where you can actually build up these avatars in the game right now, and then you can actually sell it on a secondary market. Obviously, we're working on these features as we speak, and it will take some time to implement, but the whole point, you have a digital representation of yourself somewhere there in a metaverse that actually makes you real cryptocurrency that you're going to exchange for fiat money, like sterling, us dollars, or you actually exchange it with some others because right now, probably eight out of 10 things you can already buy with Bitcoin. And it just will take probably two, three years to make it nine out of 10.
0: It's a very, very cool space. Isn't it given freedom sort of back to people, all this web free stuff. Can you see banking apps or banks in general entering Crypto space, or at least having crypto elements within their sort of stack, do you see that Mm. happening? Uh,
1: yes, of course, 100%. It's because more and more countries are working on their own cryptocurrency, national cryptocurrency. I'm not sure how it's gonna work because the whole principle of cryptocurrency being decentralized, while if it's gonna be the government, it will be centralized, therefore, it has all control over emission and on and on and on. So, I kind of struggle with that. Uh, regarding the banks is obviously it's a new technology, it has amazing opportunities for fundraising, uh, for actually giving rewards to direct creators without actually paying the high commission. There's all sorts of opportunities that definitely will not ignore it. However, uh, the thing with the banks, they have to follow very strict uh, procedures from the actual regulators and it's not going to be quick. And that's how actually money managers are more agile like us, especially in the early stage, because we're smaller, we can adapt to the technology way quicker. And obviously our funds we don't have the shareholders uh, meetings we ha- don't have like a board of directors all sorts of procedures we need to follow so in that side we're just going to be quicker to implement these changes but yes it's just a matter of time how soon the banks will be able to catch up
0: we talked about the the, the game element obviously links to the to the crypto element um so what were the main reasons you touched on them before education Was there any other reasons about adding a game to a money management app because outside looking in that might seem a bit odd like how do those two match up but how yeah. is rt app matching those
1: up so the main thing is, is we've been probably one of the earliest early adopters of that approach because actually I haven't seen uh maybe there is some apps that are already implementing this sort of a system or some sort of uh, gamification in the apps and I think actually I know a few but The whole difference is here is that we've taken a complex, well, banking apps and took the most uh, popular game genre, like hyper casual genre games. It's basically where you play very quick, casual games, easy to play, and you just move up with uh, new different levels. So we've taken actual game with traditional bank and connected these two things together. And also when these hours are um finish like six hours like right? on the free plan you have six hours of mining actually i think it's four four hours now and on the premium plan you have eight hours of mining right and when these hours runs out it's like in a game you've been given two options you can watch a free advertising to gain a boost so it will give you extra hour of mining obviously Uh it's your choice or alternatively you can buy this boost with RT coin. So, obviously, the user makes a decision whether they want to watch the advertising. that will be customly um, related to them specifically. And as a result, uh, users are getting more engaged. They're getting all these perks and advantages. But with all of this, is the rewarding system that we're trying to put in place. So, right now, we're able, like as of today, we're able to offer uh, RC coin as the cryptocurrency is already listed. You can exchange it, also uh, the free plan. And right now, we Already in discussion with big brands uh, like Netflix, Spotify, in order to give these bonuses to our users who actually met the financial goals. For example, they want to cut a number of expenses on lines out. And when they actually been a number one in the leaderboard, they get something meaningful, like three or six months of a Netflix. So suddenly you're having the purpose to start planning, budgeting, and you can see the actual outcome of your good spending habits while with others you just well don't have this fun element i guess
0: i think uh, gamification is such a a huge pulling tool as well just to get users on your app um and it really adds to the user experience because you know money management just saying those two words together doesn't sound cool does it yeah (laughs) it it doesn't sound cool together but when you can bring in elements that you've brought in it just gives it that little edge that peaks a lot of people's interest and you went through the Innovate UK process as well oh yes yes and you're successful how did you find that whole process because you know they can be
1: long it can be tedious but how did you find it for us it, it was slightly different yes it was hard the application and everything uh but I guess it's because we've actually been a part of the Accelerate Academy in last year we've actually graduated from the tech accelerator based in London. They should help us a great boost of our performance, reflection, obviously the product development. And then we start thinking, hey, what else can we get in terms of the grant support? Because obviously when you're in the business, it's hard to see outside of the business because you have simply been too hang up in the operations. And especially when you do in the development phase of your product or your service, it's harder to take the step back and have the vision. And with Innovate UK, obviously, It's been a great help in terms of the marketing plan, the vision, uh, the fundraising as well. We had a few really good um, workshops on the fundraising, how it works, what investors are looking for, because we've had uh, a lot of conversations with early stage VCs, uh, angels, and you kind of get all conflicting responses from each and every single one of them. One person says, "You're uh, you're raising too little, another is raising too much. And another person says, oh, your monthly recurring revenue should be £10,000 a month. But again, they don't care how you're going to get to that stage without the money first. So all sorts of things. And I think that's been a great help uh, of being part of Innovate UK. Obviously,
0: you spoke about the benefits of that. But you just touched on that. You went through an accelerator program as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How how was that process?
1: Oh, that was hard. (laughs) (laughs) So we've made, well, I've personally been applying for probably like two months in 2021, 2020, 2020, like November, December, two months straight, uh, made probably over 20 applications, all of them just being rejections, rejections, rejections. And then we got into this one. And again, it's been great because it's solely focused on tech founders or mainly on the tech founders, and especially uh, fintech, It's it's been a very a promising sector to be in. And they kind of breaking down all your processes, like how you should prepare the pitch deck, the old documents, the vision, all these little things that you actually don't think before. So, yeah, I mean, it's been incredibly useful. And people and investors, of course, like the business founders and obviously the network of like-minded people. I mean, just immeasurable. It's the network that
0: is normally the biggest takeaway from from these programs and, and, and things like that i think what they they do very well is you know they live up to their name accelerator they accelerate you learning how to pitch how to put a pitch deck together how to approach investors how to do x y and z Mm. and obviously it's it's bearing fruit if you're already talking to say early stage vcs and things like that yeah it's very cool to see and uh you, you touched on Some rejections from VCs saying you've been too early and all that sort of stuff. Those sting a little bit,
1: but you know how you finding those? I think it's I think there's actually a good saying that building a startup is like eating glass. And I think there wouldn't be any better expression to that. Because literally building a startup it's not like in the fancy movies or clips on TikToks and Instagram. It's insane amount of work. uh, Amazing number of rejections on every single date, constant self doubt, and things like that. But again, you just have this screen and keep doing, keep pushing. And obviously, if you really believe in the product, in the business you're making, I mean, you're gonna get it done. And 50 or 100 rejections, I'm gonna shift it. Yes, you would probably wanna um, shut it down, everything. Well, Personally, I probably thought of that maybe a hundred times, lost track of it, (laughs) because obviously, it's a lot of people saying it's not personal, of course, like, oh, it's just business. Yeah, but when you've been working on it and kind of investing your last money and not paying yourself any wage, and then say, nah, this is complete bullshit, because actually, uh, if angels are not particularly, not an intelligent type, but they're not really choosing the words, obviously, Mm. and they wouldn't. Some people say, okay, I just don't think it's good. And quite often we actually heard like, this is shit. The worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean like, and like swearing for like nonstop. And again, you have to be polite and say, okay, thank you for your feedback. We'll work on it. And things like that are really testing you. So I think for all founders out there, it just kinda, again, accept the rules of a game. It's just part of the journey. I mean, swallow it and keep going.
0: Unfortunately, there's some investors, some angels out there that kind of their feedback seems a bit personal and i think as a founder it's that resilience i I spoke about it on the podcast coming out soon is it it is that resilience it's that skill that you need to learn so not everyone's gonna like what you're doing and you're gonna have to take on board their feedback and move on because if you linger too much on someone's sort of negative feedback you're gonna you're gonna waste hours aren't you and you're just gonna get nowhere so yeah Building a backbone is it's definitely a big thing. So what's next for the app? Yeah, we just spoke before. You've just released it on the App Store. But oh, what's, yes. What's, yeah. yeah. Tell us about so, that and I mean, tell us what's going to happen we're next.
1: We're so happy finally now people can actually install the app on iPhones because it's been a constant hell with all these new things, new changes in the private policy from the App Store. So you can not see any source of uh, data flow within the app in terms of, with all these new changes uh, that have been implemented to protect the security of the users in, t- in terms of all the data they're sharing, uh, which is great and we 100% support that. But what they've done is, when the person actually gets into your app, suddenly you're blind. So you don't see what actions they take in the app, how they do it, how long they've been there, what sort of rejections they're getting. And obviously because it's a SaaS business, you don't see your actually end user, end client how you're going to work with this feedback because you kind of don't have any. So it's kind of been the hardest part. And finally now we're actually getting into the marketing sales base, which is the most important bit. So obviously it's a lot of content creation, uh, user acquisition, of course, retention, getting the feedback. We've received a lot of feedback regarding the user friendliness, user interface designs, and we're working on this. And in the next couple of months, we'd be actually doing our first uh, fundraise. If there's any people or any other founders would like to participate, we'll be more than happy uh, to have a conversation with them. And obviously with all of this, we'll be finishing uh, the technical issues of the application because it's not perfect. It's probably uh, not any other software out there. And obviously it's the uh, cryptocurrency element. So there's quite a few things we still need to implement in terms of infrastructure, making sure you can actually withdraw uh, T coin seamlessly with ease. We need to integrate a uh, third sort of plugins like a MetaMask and other cryptocurrency wallets so you can have a hassle free experience with this. And obviously, the secondary market that I've been mentioning, so you so our users can actually trade with one another and kind of have the business uh, being run there. But again, it takes a lot of work with this, and I think that's the new features that would be implemented
0: very exciting seems like you're gonna be very very busy which is which is always good very very yes <laughs> so cool to see so cool to see so v what has anything surprised you the most about entrepreneurship is there any sort of let's say two or three big things that have surprised you
1: mm, obviously probably the most common thing that people would not expect who starts in the business things always go the different way are not as good as you expected. And this will happen 99% of the time. So you think you're going to release this? No, it doesn't happen. You think you're going to raise the money? No, it doesn't happen. And I think that's kind of thing. Get your, I mean, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. I think that's kind of the best thing. Second is I was really surprised by the angel conversations that we've had, because obviously uh, European investors and British investors are way different uh, from America's because they simply demand more things, they're risk averse and what we've got out of it, the British investors want to have everything ready for you, I mean, for them. So you have a working product with no bugs, no issues, they want to have amazing traction like 1000, 10,000 users or 10,000 users in your pipeline. They want to see paying clients, paying users, uh, paying licenses. Uh, having the IP and everything, all these things that you simply would not get if you've been bootstrapped. And if you did, I mean, amazing, well, that for us, we've all been uh, funded by um, shareholders' capital as well as corporate and personal debt. And that's kind of how we got through through this. But there's, uh, I think, a few people who would be able to tolerate that amount of risk or be comfortable with that level of risk. So it's also something um, to be aware. I think risk is a big one, especially in the
0: uk i think in america they seem to buy into an idea whereas here they they kind of want something yeah sort of you know dug in and, and built a bit more um i think you said it before you know some people won't come in until you earn an x amount of revenue per month yeah but sometimes yeah. as a startup you kind of just need that bit of capital to get you to that point what's been the best advice that you've that you've received and how is that how has that advice helped you?
1: Hmm. Yeah, let me think on that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of advices you're getting every single day, <laughs> but it's a thing. There's so many people that keep advising you on things, and they know it better, and but they're not in the business. And then, obviously, one thing is to advise. The second thing is to do. But for us, I think the most important bit and advice that I got is keep pushing and never stop. Because that's, I think, that is the probably in the top three reasons why founders fail. And have this inner strength, resilience to keep going, because things will go different way, things will get really tough when you have no money, no funds, you'll get really terrible feedback from investors, from your family, maybe even closest friends, including shareholders. So it's only you and your idea and your business. And a lot of founders, I think, confusing uh, motivation because quite often I've been asked um, uh, Be, uh, the most motivated person that I've met and I'm saying, no, I'm not motivated. My motivation has been gone like two years ago when everything started. It's just the discipline and routine admin tasks that I absolutely hate doing, but I don't know, no one else will do it, and I just have to. So I think it's just this resilience and the discipline. I think I think motivated is
0: sometimes, uh, you, you know, like you can't be motivated twenty four seven. It's yeah, like I'm not motivated. I'm just going through the process. I know what I want to achieve, but I have to go through all this process together. I like. The point that you just made there about yeah, lots of people give you advice. Um, everyone's got advice, you know, but they don't. It's the action on the back. Sometimes they have the advice, but they've got no action. There's a lot of people like that, um, and I don't know if you feel the same way. But I gravitate towards people that are giving me advice, but have the the sort of the action, the the thing that they've done. It's actually real. It's tangible. You gravitate towards them instead of someone that's been they've give some advice and they're sort of just saying it but they've got no real action behind them it's a funny world and i think starter founders especially when starting out they they listen to everyone's advice and it kind of can can plague them a bit because the, there's
1: so many advice coming in yeah you get a lot of noise and that's a thing with uh, social media noise, with advisors noise, mentors noise, again uh, you your business partners. So I think the hardest, bit, especially with the startup, and the reason it's called startup, is have a laser focus, and that's the hardest bit. I mean, for us, our product that it looks today, it's been nothing like when we started. At the beginning, we've started as a banknotes detector, which should help people to kind of help navigate through different currencies where they've been abroad in Thailand, they have some currency, you can work with it. And then we thought, oh, it's not gonna help them. The model not gonna work. We've got some feedback from early VCs already, like two years ago and said, okay, we need to readjust things, do it differently. Then we said, okay, we're gonna do the money manager, but how we're gonna get open banking license? I mean, it's like, you have to be sort of a bank in order to do that and we have no money. And how are you gonna get that? But then we started doing the manual entry say, there's no future in it, so we found the money through debt, that, and that's kind of how we go to the next stage. So, yeah, it just kind of always well survive and adapt. Um, I would say probably the best part, adapting to the new changes and keep surviving, keep pushing. Perfectly put about the lot of noise and
0: being laser focused is, you know, it, it's much needed. But sometimes it's hard to do. It's, sometimes it's hard to be laser focused. Because as I found out, a lot of people want to talk to you, and then some days no one wants to talk to you. (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's a it's a it's a good journey. But V, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Please tell the people that are watching and listening where they can connect with you and what they should check out. Thanks a lot,
1: Carl, for having me here. It's been absolute pleasure. Yep, people can actually find me on LinkedIn as V slash uh, Vensky, actually hyphen, and obviously I'm happy to chat with all like-minded people who actually want to talk about money management, finance, I'm more than happy to actually give some sort of a guidance. If it's in my power, perhaps uh, connect you with someone who may be able to assist you. We're already working on educational content for TikTok and YouTube, as well as writing uh, short articles that are going to help people. So that would be great. Obviously, you can get in touch with me directly on RTapp by support. I would be there, so I'm simply writing in subject line. See you. <laughs> so I'll be there to reply to your uh, most wanted questions. And yeah, feel free to try there on Play Market or App Store.
0: Yeah, download now. This should be the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but V, this has been Founder Sessions. Like I said, pleasure to be talking to you today. And yeah, thank you. Yeah.